What is going on, everybody? Hello, world. If you are here, then you know this is the Daily Grinds Society of Poets. I have the honor of having Virginia Catherine. Uh, was great to have had and met her out of nowhere, which I'd like to say we met at church. <laughs> Poetry church, of course. And right off the bat, having met her and, and heard her and, and the poetry, I want to say that this it's an amazing opportunity to have not just a poet, but a singer-songwriter as well on this. So thank you for being here. Thank you for inviting me. Awesome. Um, I'm curious to know your perspective since you've been here. I know that you're new in Sioux Falls. Um, since you've been here, what is your take on poetry here in the community, or at least how it's been incorporated, how you found poetry kind of seeding its way in the area? Yes, so I started going to the poetry open mics at uh, the book co-op just this past January, and immediately just felt like I was coming home. You know, it's getting to be around creatives who are approaching words and the crafting of words in such a different way than I do in an academic setting, you know, as a graduate student or in a musical setting as a musician. I feel like there's something so powerful about just putting the words out there without any pretense of singing, of songwriting, of playing guitar. So, you know, I just admire that so much and I appreciate especially... Um, the uh, the willingness to listen. Yeah. So the active listening that you get in the community, no matter where someone is at in their creative process, whether it's a first draft that they're, you know, reading to the poetry group or to the open mic, right. or if this is something that they've been performing yeah. as a spoken word piece, you know, I appreciate that willingness to listen. It's awesome, yeah. and that's I I've noticed that as well. That where I came from, there was a. And I keep saying there was this weird, like, systematic kind of breakdown and, and, and takeaway of all the uh, venues that were holding open mics and all of this stuff that was going on. And when I moved here, that was the first thing I noticed is there is a renaissance of music, art, and just, just personal empowerment and culture that is just booming here. And there are people who are taking the time to bring it and take it in and listen and hear it for what it is and not try to put some kind of label or judgment behind it. It's been as pure as I feel as you can get, Yes, which is amazing. And uh, one, one word from that remark yeah. that I really like is empowerment. Yeah. And I feel like that is the key to a great open mic because you're giving people a platform to share their creative work um, without any pretense of performance. You know, you're there to share the work. Yeah. 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 Very much so. Um, for you being not just a poet, but also a singer-songwriter, um, this kind of dives in, I guess, a little bit more because you have a few more elements to choose from. Uh, but how did you find your place in those elements? How did you find your? How did you find poetry for one? But then, how did you find your ability to write and sing, and you know all of these other elements that you now add to? Sure. So I like to think of songwriting as, you know, I just have a little bit of a wider painter's palette that I'm drawing from. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's because I get to use these words and I get to use my guitar playing and my voice and play around with the melodies and the mm. harmonies. Um, it's... I try my best to convey additional meaning through that. Right. So I feel like for me, it's hard for me to separate the lyrics now from the music. But at the same time, it's powerful to try and share those lyrics at an open mic stage right. and be like, hey, this, these are my words. 
you know, there's no music, there's no singing. These are just the words that I crafted and sculpted and I am laying them bare before all of you. And um, so once I incorporate those lyrics into some kind of a musical expression, I feel like I try to mold the music around the words. Oh. So, you know, say that I have a song about, and I might be playing this one in a little bit, a song about a city. So there's this song that I wrote, City Soundtracks, okay. and it goes, You were raised beside the creek in a house on damp concrete. So, you know, we've got the basic elements of poetry there. You've got, you've got your rhymes for yep. your lyrics, yep. um, but you also have, you know, you're establishing a setting with that. Now... Taking that into the songwriting world, um, I thought about, you know, what kinds of sounds do I want to use? So I'm a blues musician, so I ended up using slide guitar on this. <laughs> yeah, so I tried to create something that felt very raw and very, like, something you might see someone singing on a street corner. Oh, wow. You know, yes. so I try to think about how the sound repeats and elevates the meaning. Right. That yeah. is awesome. That's yeah. uh, it's a different take when it comes to adding other elements. Where poets, it's you know, I have we have to use words to create the imagery, to create the setting, and then guide them in through that world that we are there, even if it's a real or fictitious place. Where almost immediately with having music behind it, it's like an it's cinematic in a way. Yes, and that's what I love about poetry because you have the power to create all of these images in someone's mind. But because you don't have any visuals, you don't have any you know you don't have guitar and singing. That right. also gives so much room for the listeners or and readers' imaginations to right. fill that in. Right. So it's in a way it kind of invites interaction, and I love that. Uh, when you write and kind of switching this up a bit, how do you navigate perception and uh, the perceived perception? Because, you know, it, we write for, if not for ourselves, also the audience. But how do we how do you navigate how other people are going to perceive what you your piece? Yes. And I feel like this ties into kind of the way that I've approached my music career so far. Mm. I'm an independent artist. I released my music last year, my debut album, Vintage Sepia, Ooh. independently. So it's beautiful, I, beautiful name, by the thank way. Thank you very much. Yeah, I always try to bring in that visual element. But uh, I released my music independently because I wanted to have the freedom to express these stories and these words in the way that I wanted to, right. instead of being molded. Um, so I made that decision to produce my own album and make those instrumental choices. Right. Um, and I brought in other musicians, of course, to try and <coughs> make these songs the best that they could be. Mm. But at the same time, you know, I, I appreciated having that freedom. So I feel like that's something that it, it really depends on what kind of audience you're writing for. It depends on how you intend to release or publish your work to, to navigate those perceptions. Yeah. How would you say you utilize your craft? Is it, um, is it something that you write on a whim, you have a, an idea of a song, does the music come first, does, do the words come first? How do you, how, what drives you to put this together, but how do you, how do you utilize it? What is the, 
How does that happen? It really depends from one song to the next. Yeah. I've had some. Uh, I've had some songs come to me with the lyrics first, and the music ends up being written much, much later. Mm. Um, but oftentimes, it does start with the lyrics, and I'll just be chewing on it for a while. I try to build my melodies around the way that the words sound. So, and that's why um, working with poets and going to these poetry meetings has helped me so much in realizing how words can operate on their own outside of melodies because there's so much that you can do even with just the way that you say things what words you choose to emphasize I try to craft my melodies around that so like um, one song that I wrote uh, lonely photograph that's on the record that I released last year um, you know one of the verses goes you were searching on the or, you've been searching on the sidewalks the breezeways and the boardwalks close your eyes and run against the size uh, or wind I don't even remember my own words at this point golly <laughs> um, but yeah so that's the first verse and um, as I was starting to craft that into a song I didn't have my guitar with me when those words came to me so I was trying to improvise and think of like different ways that I could build this song even without an instrument right. so I just kept repeating the words to myself seeing how they sounded as they came um, out uh, out of my mouth and um, I did not mean to rhyme there but it happened <laughs> <laughs> it's natural it is it, it is when you're a songwriter but um, yeah so I just kind of try to let the words tell me where they want to go right. if that makes sense uh, sometimes I'll end up coming up with some kind of a musical motif or a musical idea first and then the words come later I feel like those songs though are less words oriented uh, if that makes sense yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it does. Um, when you put these songs together, are they therapy first? Are they meant to kind of be catharsis for things that you have gone through? Is it a lot of, I, I need to get this out because this is where, I, it, if I don't, it's going to eat me alive and, you know, I, I need this. Is it is it one of those? Sometimes, yeah. I've had I've had a few songs that came to me like that. Last fall, I had a, um, you know, I had some heartache that I was dealing with last fall, mm. and I like to go on walks, on long walks for hours at a time mm. when I'm thinking through things, right. and oftentimes I will feel myself starting to walk to a tempo. And, you know, some of my thoughts, if I start to walk to a tempo and I'm thinking in poetry, you know, sometimes that ends up becoming a song. And that was the story behind what's going to be the title track on my next album is uh, Restless Young Thing. And so, you know, out for a walk at 3 o'clock in the morning in your neighborhood, like, you're pretty restless. Yep. Um, very much so. Yeah, so I wrote that song, you know, looking at all of the surroundings, all of the things around me, and... All of the emotions that I was feeling came pouring out through these words, and I just started talking in my voice memos on my phone and um, talking out these lyrics. So sometimes it comes to me through moments of catharsis like that, yeah. for sure. When, uh, when you write, I imagine there is some form of inspiration that draws your attention, and as you said, a lot yeah. of it when you're out on your walks and you're taking, yeah. what is a big theme of inspiration? What do you find that draws more inspiration to you than others? So, um, being outdoors yeah. for me is a huge inspiration. Yeah. I've written a lot of songs, you know, walking along the riverbanks, walking outside downtown in, mm -hmm. you know, here in Sioux Falls, in Omaha, in Council Bluffs. Um, I draw a lot of inspiration from the plains, the Midwest, going on long drives too. <laughs> <That's always> <laughs> 
<laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> yep, it definitely will. And um, I also draw a lot of inspiration from um, just seeing people who I don't know and, you know, walking around cities and trying to imagine, you know, what kinds of stories might they have to tell. Right, right. Because that is, I, I think that's something that we don't, we, those who are creatives take in, but most who are not don't really believe or, or see because there is a lot of influence we derive from subconsciously with people who we pass just on a walk from one business place to another. When you go and park and you're going to the establishment, you're either going to eat or to the bank. Like the things that we pass that are innate inspirations, but I feel like the, you know, the creatives are aware of it. Those who aren't so much creative or don't believe that they have the creative nature, they see it, but they don't understand it. So it's like, ah, okay, and it passes by where it's like us, we just we can't let it go. Yeah. Almost. It's just you have to, that person, ah, oh, reminded me of something, and then it's like, okay, I got to put it down. That's awesome. Yeah, this, the inspiration is everywhere. And I, I feel that that's one of those things is once people start to kind of come out of their shell and see that, they understand that they can draw from anything at any point in time. And, you know, it, it, it could be as simple as that airplane coming by and, you know, seeing it in a window and it's just like, oh, that's a memory that I remember. Or, you know, hey, I wonder how these people are doing on this plane or, you know, tragedies that we've had, you know, all of those things. Um, how, when you get to that point of writing do you direct your emotions on paper is there um because i for me i know that it's always hard to express the emotion or i'm trying to express emotion but i want to do it in a way where it is it is tangible for others to be able to feel what i'm feeling how do you how do you find yourself doing that yeah so i often think back to um this guy leonard cohen that probably know of. Um, so I remember reading an art, an interview with Leonard Cohen, and he talked about how he would write sometimes 30 to 40 verses of a song in order to get just the right ones. I think, you know, at least for me as a songwriter, I have to write everything in order to find the right thing, right. if that makes sense. Yep. Um, so I often find myself writing a lot more than what I actually need for a song in order to find the words that are just right, that express that emotion just right. right. And I'll often find myself, you know, if I'm starting with a musical motif, a chord progression, something like that, I will often just play that for like an hour, and <laughs> sing over that, improvise with that, and let the song tell me what it wants to be. Right. So I, I guess... Oftentimes, I take my emotions out of it and just let the song become. Ah, so the song is, becomes the emotion you were wanting to convey in the end, after all. Yeah. That's beautiful. That is. Um, what do you write for, if not for yourself? That's a good question. <laughs> well... Mostly, uh, a lot of my songs deal with very personal issues, you know, dealing with personal traumas, heartbreaks, things that I face on the day-to-day. -day. Right. Um, but sometimes they're stories that I think need to be told. Mm. So, you know, I mentioned, like, watching people walk around. Um, sometimes there's stories that need to be told just in people watching. Um, sometimes there's stories that need to be told in the things that are happening around us in the world. Right. And that's the case with, there was a song that I wrote back in 2018 
Um, I was asked to do a TEDx talk. I don't know hey. if you're familiar with yes, TED very Talks. Much yes, so. yeah. Love so love I them. did I did a TEDx UNO talk at my uh, alma mater, and it was about folk music. And my basic, you know, the uh, heart of my TED talk was that, um, you know, we need to be. We need to be elevating the stories of the oppressed and those who don't have a voice of their own. So I realized, you know, as I was preparing to sing folk songs, I was like, why am I not writing a song of my own for this? So I ended up, and this is a bit of a story in itself, so I ended up... um, Throughout my undergraduate years, um, I was doing a lot of work with refugee social media campaigns and trying to help the refugee populations locally as well as at a national level. Um, So I always had a close eye on what was happening in the world around me. Um, So as I was getting ready for this TED talk, or TEDx talk as it were, um, there was this Twitter account that jumped out at me. Um, There's this little girl in Syria named Bana al-Abid. And she and her mom put together a Twitter account where they were talking about what was going on. They were live tweeting as their hometown was bombed. Some of the things that she said on Twitter were just so poetic and so beautiful and moving that I had to craft them into song. And any time I play that song, I say to the people who are listening, these are not my words. Because they are not. But I crafted them into the song because that's a story that needs to be told. So, you know, that's... She said things like, uh, my land is small, but I am small. Give me back my childhood. Give me back the doves. And that's, that ended up being the chorus of that song because it was a story that needed to be told. That's powerful. That's, that, is, that is saying something. And I, I don't think, weirdly enough, I, I feel like we have lost what it means to pay homage to those who have voices but can't be heard yes. or who have done things before us and realize that I'm not doing this because I've, paved the way or because you know I made it I'm doing this because other people have done this before me and have allowed the opportunity for me to even be here to do it and there's not enough of that there's too much of the idea that you know it's me 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 and not us 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 and that I think is the big thing and so to hear that is that's spectacular like to know that you crafted a song based off of a woman's words who was on a completely other side of the world but also who was speaking during a tragedy who you know I only hope with what I've heard is still alive in some way shape or form like I believe she was able to get out like that's amazing and just those things those small subtle details that we miss nowadays that change lives it might not even it, the fact that she was able to say what she said and change your life now allowed you to make something using that creative nature in your heart and your passion for what you do to change another life that to me is amazing that's that's honorable and that's you know i feel like that is the epitome of what we're able to do as creatives mm. you know We need to be able to elevate those voices. We need to use our abilities and our passions to try and tell those stories. Yes, very much so. That's that's amazing. so you kind of already touched base with uh, a gentleman who you said, you know, writes more than one draft. Are, are you a believer in revisions and drafts 
or is it, you know, you kind of get done? What's, what's your thoughts on those? On that? You know, it's very, very rare that a song will come into being fully formed like Athena bursting from the head of Zeus. You know, very, very rare. That's a great, that's a great imagery right there. Yeah, that's awesome. yeah it's, uh, it, it's very rare that that happens. Oftentimes, for me, the drafting process is actually performance. Which is why I love being able to participate in open mic communities, whether it's poetry or music. Right. Because getting that audience, getting that audience feedback is what tells me whether a song is working or not. Mm. Whether it's getting to the heart of what I want to say. Right. So I feel like a song is not truly ready until I've played it in front of audiences, you know, five to ten times. And it's clicked with someone. Right. You know, right. that's how I know because, you know, creation does not happen in a vacuum. It really doesn't. So I feel like other people are an essential part of that revision process. Right. You know, I can do as much as I want, refining the music, getting that melody just right. But if it isn't clicking with the people who are listening, then what is the song doing? Right. Yeah. What is the point? Yeah. That's uh, that does. That does speak a lot to because there there are some who have you know and it, I feel it is a unique basis to each of the artists who I've spoken with thus far you know it does you have people who do have the one and done it's kind of I, I got the thought out it's there and I'm I'm over it on to the next one and there are those who do believe that drafting and just to be able to make sure that what you're getting across is exactly what you wanted to be heard in the, in the way and received the way that you want it to be received because unfortunately there is the interpretation where everyone has a different way of interpreting what's being said because we are only basing it off of what we know as the person and knowing that you know there are artists who go out of their way to craft it so that hey you know yes it's open for interpretation but there is something I am trying to get across to you and I took the time to make sure that that message was delivered in a nice package that you could open and, and unfold and just be like oh thank you that means a lot I think that is important yeah because it is craft it's not just you know it's not just spontaneity mm -hmm. there is a craft to it and yes. you have to treat it like a sculpture you know it's it's a constant revision process really <laughs> I agree yeah. I agree um, what is the impact you want your poetry, your songs, your lyrics to, um, to have on those who read or hear it? You know, ideally, I want the people who hear my songs to feel a resonance, if that makes sense. You know, I hope that, that when they hear what I have created, that they keep thinking about it for a while afterwards, and then it takes a little time to unravel in their minds, you know? <laughs> so I hope that it gives them food for thought. Right. I hope that these stories, you know, maybe even spark some kind of inspiration in them as well. Ah. Whether it's the story of this refugee girl, Bana al Abid, maybe that makes them go out and seek news stories, find out what's happening out there. Right. Or maybe it's a song about a river and they decide they want to go for a walk by the river the next day you know <laughs> ah, that sounded great I, I think i enjoyed let's go out for a walk on yeah. the river that's that's a simple it's great it's resonance yes very much so yeah that's awesome um do you have a poem or song that defines you as you are now or who you were Ooh, yeah i would say what i mentioned earlier restless young thing yes i think is definitely one of those songs that has uh, it encapsulates my identity as I was in that point in time. Right. 
you know. And there are there are a few songs like that. I'm play I still play some of the songs that I wrote, you know, even five, six years ago. And I think back and I listen to them and I'm like, who was that? Who wrote that? Is that me? <laughs> and I feel like that's one of the strangest things about performing your work as well as putting it out there in on paper yeah. is that you're constantly I know Bob Dylan, for example, well, he, he changes his verses in performance. It's wild. And uh, <laughs> to have that kind of talent on I know, is just amazing. Yes. And he will, like, there, there are whole songs that he has new verses for every night sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't have that kind of talent. I can't do that on a whim. But um, my songs have definitely shifted over time. Right. As my identity as a person, as a performer has changed, that has changed as well. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, is there a topic or theme that comes up in your work more than others? Um, as I mentioned, I do a lot of personal work. Um, you know, a lot of my songs focus on love and loyalty and family and all of these things. Right. Um, as I've started to explore other mediums too, you know, poetry on the page, um, creative nonfiction, fiction as well. Um, yeah. I also I, I just finished my first draft of a novel manuscript this past year, so you know, delving into that as well. Um, but as I explore more mediums, I find that newer topics are coming into play. Right. You know, I had never written a political song before I wrote Give Me Back the Doves. Oh, wow. But um, at, since then, I've been doing more of that. Right. That's beautiful. Um, how would you define your poetry? If, if somebody had to put you up on a chair and say, hey, give, tell, me, tell me what this is. Thank how you. would you define your poetry? I think the word that I get the most, which is kind of funny, considering songwriter... <laughs> The word that I get the most on my writing, whether it's poetry, fiction, creative nonfiction, in workshops, lyrical. Mm. That is the word that comes up in almost all of the feedback I've received. Okay. And maybe it's about, like, because I put so much care and effort into how every word sounds right. on the page when it's spoken out loud, um, when it's sung. So lyrical, um, I would say flowery is probably the other word for that. <laughs> So that's, if I had to define it in a single word, it would probably be that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Lyrical. And I will, uh, I will second that. When I first <laughs> heard some of your stuff, especially yeah. when I got to see you on at Club David and you were up there performing, you know, not just the fact that you're an amazing guitarist. That is Thank something you. that I was like, wow, <laughs> the way you play. But the lyrics and the way that you present the words the way that it, it sounds alongside and just even if it was by itself it is very lyrical and that is something that being having come from kind of background of hip-hop and poetry that to me is is a sign of a very good or at least a very a, attention detailed person when it comes to the words that they're putting out and what they're presenting that's a big thing and I, I've always had respect for that so I just want to know very very amazing work that you have um at your age now, uh, what perspective or insight do you have or that you present to your audience? Oh, that's a good question. So when I first started performing, I was about 16, and I started playing in bars, you know, way before I was of age to actually partake. Yeah. Um, but 
I guess my relationship with the audience has changed from then until now okay. in the sense that I feel more comfortable getting up there and being open. For a long time, I just let the songs speak for themselves, and I wasn't really willing to share any more of myself on stage than that. As the years have gone on and I've gotten more experience performing, speaking, teaching, what have you, um, I've felt more comfortable getting up there and telling a little bit of the song's story and of the song's lifespan. That's awesome. Yeah. Nice. Um, because words, poetry, all of these things are so interpersonal, um, I always ask, you know, how honest do you get with your audience in, uh, in your work and, you know, how deep and to what point are you willing to go to get your thoughts across? So I am learning, especially as I start to delve into like memoir writing and creative nonfiction, I am learning to dig deeper in a way I never really did before. Wow. You know, as a younger songwriter, like City Soundtracks that I mentioned before, you know, that's more of a ballad. That's a story song. It's not my story. Right. You know, I've had to force myself to get more comfortable with sharing parts of myself in right. my music. So often, music is kind of a way for me to put a distance between myself and the hard parts, um, you know, the bitter, the sad, the, the angry parts of yeah. myself. So, you know, music has been, in a way, it can be a conduit. For a long time, I was using it as a barrier to those things. Gotcha. Um, but now, you know, with some of the songs that I'm working on for my next record, I find myself getting a lot more vulnerable with my audience. Yes. It's it's not easy. <laughs> no, it yeah, I mean sharing <coughs> sharing things, you know, I've had times when I've had a lot of times in the past year when I have had the person that I wrote the song about mm. there in the audience. And that just opens up a whole new can of worms. Sure. Sure. <laughs> so it, it's a lear it's a constant learning experience and I'm learning to dig deeper with every song that I write. Right. Um, when it's the honesty and the being willing to just pour your soul out, you know, we always think that people who are, are on stage are, you know, that's almost everything that we hear, we imagine is their truth and, you know, it's just up front and that's, that's that. And it, it's interesting to hear that from somebody else where, you know, the idea that my work is a barrier that keeps me from having to put that forth until I'm comfortable and ready. You know, the it, it's not easy being on stage in any way, shape, or form. But sometimes we use that as a as a cover, so to speak, mm -hmm. so that we can still feel okay with ourselves because it is there are struggles that we go through. But just the ability to get on stage and express yourself in any facet takes an awful lot. And I feel that that is that's a great step towards, if not already being honest, it's a great step towards the person and the individual performing to open themselves up to being vulnerable. Because, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> again, it's not easy going up there and doing Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And, you know, performance is, it's performance. You yeah. get up there and you are not necessarily, at least for me as a songwriter being up on stage, the person you see on stage is not always my most authentic self. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. It's a part of myself. Right. And that part is honest and true, but sometimes my audience is only going to see what I want them to. Right. You know, they will only see, like, say I'm playing a happy song. They will only see that. 
if I open up and I play one of those really angry songs or a really sad song, mm. they get to see that other part of me right. behind the performance. Right. It's like uh, we, have, we are always able to recreate ourselves and there's nothing wrong with doing so. And that is also, even if it's a recreation, it is still a part of us regardless yes. in, in, in that facet. Um, because I usually use this as a tool for not just me, but the poets and those who are potential poets, those who are out there who don't know that they have a voice to speak on, um, that they have the people around them in a community who is willing to bring them in and help them and show them and give them their voice and validate their voice. Um, how do you, or what tips do you have for people who are trying to make that step to being there? Um, how do you navigate or overcome self-scrutiny, self-doubt, the things that hinder a, a, a person's ability to express themselves openly and comfortably and, and just allowing them to have that knowledge that, hey, I can make this, I can do this. How do you do that? The way that I see it is the moment that you pick up pen and put it to paper, you are a writer. Mm. You are writing, you are actively participating in that process of creation. Right. The moment that you pick up a guitar, you are a guitar player. You know, whether it's one chord or five million that you know, you are playing the guitar, you are engaging in that act of music playing, of creation, of learning. So, you know, I think the most important thing, the biggest barrier to overcome is accepting that identity as a creator. You know, so often I hear people say, oh, you know, I just, I picked up the guitar and I learned a few chords and then I put it away. Yeah. Okay, you're a guitarist. Yeah. You know, mm. you, you put the work in to learn a little bit, and you can learn a little bit more and just keep building on that. It's the same with poetry. It's the same with songwriting, yeah. from my perspective. Thank you for sharing that. that, yeah. is, uh, that is, it's awesome to hear that from other people, because that is it. As soon, as soon as you are willing to write something down, put something in your hand that is in some way, shape, or form creative in nature, you have, it, it's inevitable that you start to become that and allow it to become a part of you. Yes. So that's, you know, that's, uh, I, hope, I hope you guys are encouraged by that in every facet of that word. Um, so there's, I, I have a little treat, or she has a treat. Um, the ability to, you know, speak your piece and all of these things, you know, it, uh, very few opportunities. This is going to be a first opportunity where we are not just going to hear the words, but we are also going to get to hear the music. Um, she has brought her guitar with her, and, and, but she asked, and I was just, yes, please, you know. So she did bring her guitar with her, and we are going to hear a piece from her, you know, and, and it, to the extent of what it is, I hope you guys are ready, and uh, yes. So thank you so much again for having me here today, Carl. This has been a terrific conversation. I appreciate it. So I'm just going to take a minute here to tune my guitar and make sure it sounds the best it can for all of you. That is a beautiful guitar, by the way. Oh, thank you. So this is a Gretsch Resonator, and it's uh, one of my favorites. Uh -huh. So it's. Uh, I have no idea what a Gretsch Resonator is, but so it looks So a Resonator beautiful. guitar has a metal portion on the body, and that helps ah. it resonate. Ah. So uh, it's, a, it's traditionally used in blues and country and bluegrass and... All that good roots music. Um, is a banjo somewhat similar to the same? Is that would you call that resonation or? Is you know, it a I don't type know of... the anatomy of the banjo as well, okay. so I don't feel like I'm the best person to ask that. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So I, I don't want to give wrong answers. 
Alright, that's in tune enough. Um, in order to be heard, I think I'm going to scoot closer to the microphone here. Yeah, I'll bring it to you. Perfect. So this is a song called Always the First to Fall. And it's coming out on my next record. Hopefully next year. All this talk of summertime, it makes me want to linger till the snow, it stops to fall down from the sky. Twisted tangle, talking about the memory of a day that drifted by. But here, in the sweet smelling candlelight, won't you linger here with me until the time? That's why I'm always the first. Inside the pages of a book Ancient roads painted with prose You only gotta know just where to look Take me there With whispers from your dreams into my heart a taunting finger from my lips. Give to me some secrets so I can feel your tongue whispering in my ear. so hard not to talk when I hear it, but I, I, I'm like having to bite my lip because that that is beautiful. Thank you so that much. That is beautiful. There is something about the way you harmonize 
and the tone that you use and just the words and again the way you play and just your delivery is spectacular i i'm lost in this 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 thing I, it's almost like every time i hear you i'm like creating this music video in my head <laughs> and i'm just guided down this thing that is awesome that is awesome. How long have you been playing? Oh, gosh, probably about, uh, let's see, nine years now. I've been playing out about seven now. Okay. So, wow. yeah. Wow. Yeah, um, I, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I imagine you guys did. I, I don't know why you wouldn't have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of those things that's, I'm very grateful for this. That, um, that is something that I think will resonate with the guitar yes. for <laughs> time and time to come. Um, how, another time, another time. That's when you bring these things together, um, your tone, the whole thing. I mean, I imagine there's some foundation of, of knowledge or I don't want to say education, but like, what is it that you have done to craft such a style? You know, a lot of it, honestly, is listening to the songwriters that I love mm. and taking apart their songs and trying to see how they tick. Right. So I dedicated a lot of time to like transcribing, so writing down the different notes um, and the different notes, the different guitar parts right. of my favorite songwriters and just trying to see how they put all of that together. And, you know, I've got classical guitar education, too, so That's I ha awesome. had a little bit of technical training there from a few teachers. But, um, you know, a lot of my songwriting, at least, has come from just studying the ones that I admire. Right. Well, your style is amazing. Um, I definitely feel such a... Uh, I feel like I am taken to a place without even any effort when you start playing. Um, you. When you sing, there is such a style that is unique with the way you deliver that I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see you somewhere in the stars eventually <laughs> in, in the future. That's uh, spectacular. Virginia Catherine, I so much appreciate you being here and having taken time. This was great. And uh, yeah. This is amazing. Thank you so much for inviting me. Really had a great time. Likewise. Likewise. Well, yeah. the, is there any place that people can find your work, uh, search for you, reach yes, out? Yes, I have. You can actually find my debut album, Vintage Sepia, on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, all of the streaming services. Awesome. It's out there. Um, I play around here in Sioux Falls and in Omaha, Nebraska, kind of dividing my time between the two cities right now as I'm in grad school. But... Um, yeah, you can find me in a couple of different places. I also have a website, virginiacatherine.com. That's Virginia, K-A-T-H-R-Y-N.com. You can find all of my upcoming tour dates and my music there. Well, thank you very much for sharing. And thank you guys for listening. If you've gone this far, I, I hope you have, because if you didn't, you missed an amazing show. Uh, <laughs> definitely find us, uh, you know, The Daily Grind, uh, Society of Poets. It's not just poetry, it's music, it's singing, it's everything that is poetic in nature. And if that is something that you don't define as poetry, I'm sorry, but I'm not going by the classical style of what poetry is. I'm going by how it makes us feel, and that is poetic. So, uh, if you are looking for support or trying to support us, uh, The Daily Grind, we could always use supporters. Uh, check us out, The Daily Grind, here. Uh, TDG-88-Industries. Uh, um, we're also on Facebook. Uh, we're also on Instagram. Instagram 
industries, well, underscore industries. And if you want to reach us via email, that is industries. 80.8 at gmail.com. We can definitely have a conversation, talk. If you are an out-of-town poet or just a singer-songwriter and you want to have your voice heard, I would be happy to talk to you. We could do this by phone, believe it or not. Uh, thank you guys again for being here, and I hope everything goes well, and I hope you guys are having a blessed day. Take care. Peace. <laughs>